الحمد لله رب العالمين والصلاة والسلام على نبينا محمد وعلى آله وصحبه أجمعين Brothers and sisters, I want to begin with saying something important. So the tragedy that happened to me was now three and a half years ago, and it's amazing how time flies. My mother and I and our family are still frozen in time. That's how it is. That's how it feels when people lose loved ones. Depending on how valuable they were, the more frozen in time you become. There are some things when you have a loss that are very human to you. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala places them in you. Don't be afraid of them. They're very normal for every human, Muslim or non-Muslim. Don't feel bad that if you cry a bit, that if you're sad, that the pain stays even for the rest of your life. That's a normal thing for a human being. And the reason why I opened up with that is because people think something's wrong with them when a tragedy happens. They usually come to me and ask, what can I do? When's this pain going to go? The honest truth is the pain doesn't go. The more you love someone, the more the pain stays. But is pain a bad thing, really? Our mindset tells us it's a ba- bad thing. But pain is not necessarily a bad thing, brothers and sisters. This entire life is built on it. It's built on happiness, sadness. Some people will come into this life. Some people will leave. Some people before us, some people after us. Then comes our time. But I'll tell you something, brothers and sisters. There are two things we are very sure about. Number one, not a single prick of a needle that a person goes through. Or a single bit of worry, a single bit of sadness, a single bit of fear. Not even anxiety, just even fear before you get to there. A little bit of worry, not even depression, before you even get there. Even a little bit of a word that someone hurt you with. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala doesn't... Leave that out. He acknowledges it. That's the hadith of the Prophet ﷺ. He said, even the prick of a needle, except that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala compensates them by forgiving of their past sins. Do you know what it means to forgive of our past sins? It means that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, He brings us back to the way we were were when we were born. And the only thing we have with us are our good deeds. That means Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is bringing us closer to Jannah. Because Jannah doesn't accept anybody with any sins upon them. You might be thinking, what if, how does that make sense? You see, brothers and sisters, even on the Day of Judgment, anything Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala judges us with, if there's still sins, He forgives them, He takes care of them, and until you enter paradise free, with no guilt, no regret, nothing. Brothers and sisters, pain is inevitable for everybody. Death is inevitable. Isn't that true? What, what is death to you? What is it? Let's understand something. Death is nothing but this. According to the Qur'an and our beliefs, death is merely going from one place to another place. From this world to another world. That's all it is. And when you go from this world to another world, your soul goes back to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. That is why we say, Inna lillah wa inna ilayhi raji'un. To Allah we belong and to Him we shall return. Those were the first words I said when my son passed away, rahmatullah and upon all your loved ones. That's the first word I said two hours later when my brother passed away, rahmatullah and your loved ones. And that brought serenity on top of the pain that I was going with. My mother, my father, my siblings, all of us, my children. His mother, everybody, was in turmoil. But, brothers and sisters, let me tell you something. 
What is sabr? Patience. Patience is to hold yourself together. It's not that you have to get rid of the feeling and the pain that you're going through. It's with the pain you hold yourself together from doing things that displease Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And even if you do, return back and repent and say, Oh Allah, forgive me. There's a hadith of the Prophet wasallam where they said that what if a person went through pain and struggle and failed the first time and didn't say, Inna lillahi wa inna ilayhi raji'un. The scholars tell us from this hadith that even if you say, Inna lillahi wa inna ilayhi raji'un, afterwards, months later, it'll still be counted for you. The hadith of the Prophet says that when Allah takes a loved one, especially for children, if He takes your children away, or any loved one, Allah says to the angels, how did you leave my servant? Like, did you take his soul? Did you take his loved one's soul? Did you take the heart of his, of, of his life? Did you take the thing that's most dear to him? So Allah knows. He knows, brothers and sisters. He knows your pain. He knows your tears. He knows your, what you're feeling. He knows everything already. And since he knows, there is a plan, inshaAllah ta'ala. Did you take his beloved one? And they say, yes, Ya Rabb, even though he knows. And then finally, Allah says, وَمَاذَا قَالَ abdi? What did my dear servant say? Allah is listening. He is with you. That's why he's asking this question, because he's acknowledging your pain. It's not like, I don't want to hear about it. No, Allah is saying, what did my, what did my servant say? He's making the whole angels witness. قَالُوا رَبَّنَا Our Lord and you know best. حَمِدَكَ وَاسْتَرْجَعَ Your servant said, Alhamdulillah, gratitude to Allah in every way. وَاسْتَرْجَعَ Meaning they said, to Allah we belong and to Him we shall return. Do you know what that means? It means whether those people have passed away before you by a little bit, you're still going to follow anyway. Soon we're all going to meet each other again. It's only a small time, it's only a short time. Think about yourselves, how old you are right now. Think about the years that have passed. How quick were they? Ask your parents, how quick were they? Ask someone who's over 40, over 60, how quick were they? Like the blink of an eye. Today I do two marriages for young people who are my ex-students. I looked at them and said, Subhanallah, I still thought you were still 12 years old. Now they're 25, 26. Time flies, my brothers and sisters. Time flies. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala tells us in the Quran about the state of the people when they are raised on the day of judgment. And they say, How many years do you think you were in the earth? They will say to each other, oh, it was a day or part of a day. Ask those who, have, who, who keep count, either the angels or the righteous people. You only stayed in this earth very, a very short time. This whole earth will, will seem like a, a speck of time in the end. And then you're united with your loved ones. Brothers and sisters, let me ask you something. What do you think is the strongest support for yourself when somebody passes away or any kind of grief that you go through. We have Muslims and non-Muslims around the world. We have experts on social media always telling us how to get through grief and whatever. Well, what separates a Muslim than the rest? Everybody can deal with it in some way or another. But what separates a Muslim? See, I thought about that. When my family passed away, a few months later, you heard about that Christian family in Sydney who had their family got run over. Their girls have got run over on the footpath. They're a Christian Lebanese family. How did they get through it, even though they're not Muslim? And how am I going through it when I'm a Muslim? Aren't they supposed to be on the wrong path? <laughs> not Muslim, following Jesus Christ as the Son of God. 
Let me tell you something, brothers and sisters. Anybody who has some belief or faith in something can hold on to it to a certain degree. And they're closer to the truth than other people because they believe in Allah. And they believe in Allah even though they've got shirk or whatever, but they're holding on to some belief. But they had to t have somebody to tell them, like the priest or the church or so on and so forth. And I assure you that their process is not the same as my process and your process. There's something for us that goes even further than that. There is something called yaqeen. Yaqeen means absolute assurity of what I'm believing and what I'm saying. And the backup that comes with it is not from the mouths of people, but from the Qur'an itself. Meaning, where did I find my solace, do you think? The Qur'an. I found it in the Qur'an. I'll tell you why. When you believe in the hereafter, it makes everything else in this world suddenly appear from a new perspective. I wonder if you've studied about the hereafter enough to find yourself right now imagining yourself as if you're already standing on the day of judgment and looking at yourself. This is how I think. I thought of myself standing on the day of judgment and looking at myself backwards. What would I be thinking on that day? Right now I'm thinking the afterlife is somewhere far away and I wonder where they are and all that stuff and I'm thinking about the now. But if I were to die and I'm in the hereafter and then looking back at myself knowing that I will never go back and then I see in front of me paradise and hellfire, those who are going to paradise, those who are going to hellfire, I see my family, I see my children, I see my siblings, I see all these people. Where is the destination, brothers and sisters? Where's the destination? Does anyone know where the destination is? Is it here? Our belief in the hereafter suddenly tells us our destination is not here. Stay with me now. This is something very important. This is what helps me and what helped me till now, alhamdulillah. For a believer, where is your destination? Everybody's going somewhere. Your destination is in the hereafter. Is that not right? Our destination is paradise. Doesn't Allah tell us that is your destination? The people who find their destination here will not be able to cope as much as you. Will not. It's impossible. Not like you. Because you're thinking beyond this world. If you're on a day of judgment thinking at yourself backwards, you'll say, I wish I had done this. I wish I had done that. Subhanallah, just for a speck of time, I spent it that way. For a speck of time, I've gotten, I had no time. So right now, I'm too busy thinking about that, brothers and sisters. I'm already in the hereafter. And the moment that my son and brother passed away, I was more definitely in the hereafter. I was in another world. For two years, I couldn't see this world. I thought I'm in the hereafter. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala throughout the Qur'an puts you in the hereafter. Have you noticed when Allah talks about the hereafter, He doesn't talk in the future tense? What does He talk in? Huh? The present or? the past. He even talks in the past tense. Meaning, don't worry about this world and everything. What you're going to, it's, all, it's already in the past for Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. It's already in the past. Everything's already in the past. So with my son and brother there on a journey at the moment, there was someone. Who are they with? They're with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. They packed their baggage and they've just beaten us. And that's what happened when I visited their grave. I said, Antum sabiqun wa nahnu insha'Allahu bikum lahiqun. That's what the Prophet Muhammad sallallahu used to say when he visited the graves. You, our brothers and sisters, have 
passed over to the destination before us. And we will follow. You, will, you and I, will we, will we not follow? Of course we will follow. My brothers and sisters, a short test is what we're going through at the moment. And inshallah will pass. And I have good news for you. If you are a person who has suffered from some kind of test in your life, anything it is, whatever it is, we're all sitting here with different tests, brothers and sisters. I'm not tested like some other people here. Other people are not tested like the way I'm tested. Every one of you has a different test to the other. And each one of you is enduring in a way different to the other. Am I not right? Some with wealth, some with death, some with health, some with divorce, some with uh, um, you know, uh, pain, some with whatever they're going through. Each one of us is tested with something. And I want to tell you why. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala looks at each and every one of us. And the Prophet Muhammad sallallahu said, when Allah sees a level of faith and iman or belief in a person, he gives them more tests than others because they can endure it. He said they can endure it. That's why he said, The ones who go through the most trials are the prophets. Then the ones like them and the ones like them. You'll be asking, what about people who are evil? Don't they go through tests? Don't the non-Muslims go through tests? Yes, they do. But you see, here's the thing. Only Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala knows the outcome. You as a believer will react to Allah's test differently. And Allah says, okay, let's see how you're going to react. Which way are you going to take it? It's in your power. But Allah gives it to you in a way that you can handle. As for the non-Muslim, they may react in a good way temporarily. But if they don't know Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, they don't know the hereafter, they haven't read the Quran. There's going to be something wrong with their reaction. It's going to be more temporary. And even if they pass it, in the hereafter there's nothing. That's if a person knew the truth, that is. My brothers and sisters, look. Let's come back to what the Qur'an says. You are going from here to a destination. All that's happened, all that's happened, let's use my example, my son and brother, is that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala just gave them a shortcut. He gave them a shortcut and made them skip waiting in this ugly world. He just took them back a little bit earlier. Well, that was their time. But to me, instead of them living on, Allah just cut their journey short and now they're there. That's why Rasulullah said, you have beaten us and we will follow. And when I recite in the Quran, I find, we all find that in Surah Al-Kahf, about the story of the boy whom Musa السلام, and Al-Khadr went on a journey and Al-Khadr finds a little boy and he kills him. The boy did nothing. Absolutely nothing. Comes and kills him. And Al-Khadr said to Musa, but wait, if you're going to learn from me, you are not allowed to ask me about a single question of what I do. Because Musa had said to him, can I follow you to learn from you? And he said to him, you won't be able to feel patient. You can't do it. No questions asked. He says, you are not going to be able to be patient. He said, you'll see me among the patient ones, inshallah. You know, he's Musa, alayhi salam. He said, all right, if you follow me, you can't ask me a single question until I tell you what the interpretation of it is. He said, okay. The first thing happened, he lost his patience. He said, I told you you can't. The second thing happened was killing the boy. He lost his patience. He says, didn't I tell you? The third thing happened, he said, okay, that's it. You and I are gone. But I'll tell you what it means. Even Musa Islam could not be patient with it. That's why Allah gave the knowledge to that man. He didn't give it to Musa Islam. He gives each one to the proportion that they can handle. And if you can handle it, he raises you with it. It means he's chosen you, subhanahu wa ta'ala. But it's very hard for people to think in that sense. A Muslim can. 
The Quran makes you able to, to think that way. A Muslim who reads the Quran and lives with the Quran can. That's why Rasul said, Ajaban li amril mu'min. Strange is the state of the believer. If good happens to him or her, they are grateful. And if bad happens to him or her, they are still patient. And nothing happens to a believer except they interpret it as good. Everything is good for a believer. We're always optimistic. We are never pessimistic, ever, ever. Ever. I was never pessimistic, wallahi, from even the... My son died right in front of my eyes. Nobody else saw it. My father was behind me. He fainted. I had to look at my father. He couldn't make it. He was with me. But I never was pessimistic, wallahi, even from that day. All I said was, Ya Allah, even if he's paralyzed, bring him back. I'll look after him. I'm, I'm ready. And Allah, it's as if Allah said to me, no, you can't handle that. And you don't know what his future holds for him. You don't know what your brother's future holds for him. Allah knows. And I knew Allah knows. Musa and Al-Khadr, when he killed that boy, in the end he said to him, this young boy was going to grow up in the future to become a tyrant. And his parents are good people and they're righteous. And out of love for them, he took their son early before he can reach the point of giving them tyranny. And he replaced him for their parents with another child who would be, whom Allah knows will become a better righteous child. Because Allah doesn't make you righteous, you make yourself righteous. It's your choice. What is the result? The young boy hasn't done any sin. He went to paradise, insha'Allah. The nude boy goes to paradise. The parents go to paradise. Guess where all they're, they're all going to end up? Together. Because Allah says, وَالَّذِينَ آمَنُوا وَاتَّبَعَتْهُمْ ذُرِّيَّتُهُمْ أَلْحَقْنَا بِهِمْ ذُرِّيَّتَهُمْ وَمَا أَلَتْنَاهُمْ مِنْ عَمَلِهِمْ مِنْ شَيْءٍ Allah says, and those who believe in righteousness, and they have children who follow them on their footsteps of righteousness, we will reunite their children with their parents, and we will not bring whoever's upwards downwards. Do you know what that means? It means that if the parents ended up high, or the children ended up high, and the other ones don't deserve to be high, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will lift those who are down upwards for free. For free. Why? Because in paradise is all happiness and joy. How can it be joy without your family? But Allah says, however, you are all indebted or under a pledge to yourselves. So make sure you follow righteousness and Allah will do the rest. He'll honor you even more. So I have no problem, brothers and sisters. My son and brother just beat me to the destination. And after that, I read a lot about the hereafter and the grave and what the Quran says, and what the Prophet ﷺ says, maybe for a whole year, information I have never looked at before. And I shared it with my mother and father and children and siblings and family, all of them. That information helped me a lot. Because brothers and sisters, where, where, where are they now? They're in the hereafter. So the more I know about the hereafter, the more I'm connected with them. The more I am, because as a father, what am I thinking? I want to be there for him. I've still got that, I'm still in that uh, auto mode. I've got to protect him. I've got to, I've got to be there. Even my other brother, he was always reliant. Brother B used to call me. What's this and what's that? And I'd be there for him. And your loved ones, you were there for them in some way. So you want to kind of do something for them. But Allah says to the Prophet to say to us, 
I am at the positive way my servants thinks of me. Allah is only positive. Look at all of his 99 names. Those are the ones he revealed to us. Is there any negative name? You might be thinking, oh, but he says he's the harmer. <laughs> no. Allah says, the harmer, the benefiter, meaning he will not harm you, except out of the harm, a benefit will come. So he will not harm you unless there's a benefit. Uh, you might say, the demoter, the promoter, it means he will not demote you unless he wants to promote you. It means every door that closes, another door is going to open. But if you don't have that connection with Allah, with that same belief, then it's only a one-way thing. Doesn't Allah say, وَإِذَا سَأَلَكَ عِبَادِي عَنِّي فَإِنِّي قَرِيبٌ And if my servants ask you about me, I am always close. That's not a question to be asked. أُجِيبُ دَعْوَةَ الدَّاعِ إِذَا I will respond to the person who always and constantly calls upon me. Meaning, don't stop. Allah is the only one who does not like you to stop asking, talking to him, speaking to him, telling him about your worries, telling him about your pain. Allah loves it. Why? Because that connects you to him. Not because he wants to make you feel bad. No. Because, you know, if you want to have a good connection relationship with your parents, the experts say, or with your children, ask them for advice. Talk to them about your feelings. And if they're reciprocating, suddenly you start to create memories with each other. Because what is a relationship? Relationship is memories. The more memories and the deeper they are, the stronger the relationship is. So with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, I need to create memories with him. Subhana. He's there, but we have to connect him. Allah says, Let them respond to me. And let them put their trust in me in their heart. Meaning that we always question, we always have doubts. The shaitan comes to us, gives us waswas. We start asking, why did they go? But why? But why? But why? And that's when we're connected to this temporary world, we get these thoughts. So we need to read more about who Allah is and what the hereafter has in store for us. The more we learn about it, the more we feel at ease. Wallahi, ana, that's how I felt. The pain is still there, even till now as I'm standing in front of you. However, as time went on, it became easier for me to handle the pain. It never goes away and I don't want it to go away. I don't want it to go away because that's what connects me with my brother and son. Brothers and sisters, let me ask you something. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala doesn't just leave us alone like that. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, He says to you, what, yani, what can you remember of your loved ones that you can continue as an ongoing charity, an ongoing piece of knowledge? The Prophet, peace be upon him, said when a person passes away, all their actions are cut off except for three things. A righteous child they left behind who supplicates for them. An ongoing charity they left behind, or you leave a charity on behalf of them. Or an ongoing piece of knowledge they left behind. What did they teach you? Think about it. Think of your loved ones. What did they teach you in life that pleases Allah? Grab onto it and walk with it and teach it to others. It will be a spiral effect that continues from now and could be till the end of time. So the dead person who leaves behind good work or charity or righteous family, they're still living. If you want them to still live, but in a different way. You keep going. That's why we are called Khalifa. Khalifa means those who go away and those who replace and we continue and for example this word destination my son made up that word he called I was going to camp with him one day he was 12 years old he says Boba the bridge of destiny for me that's personal and I said my son this is your destiny he said to me I was born ready every time I say this was the motto between him and I are you ready Boba I was born ready he's ready and I'm ready. My brother, 
what can I remember about him? Allah, I, these are the things that I benefit and they get rewarded for. It's as if I'm still with them. He said, every time a day would pass, he used to say, Brother B, see this right here, see this right here, right here. I'm pointing at it. See this moment? Enjoy this moment. Don't think about tomorrow. We used to talk like that. And you know, I took it on board. Brothers and sisters, you can still take on board the good things that you learn from them and it's as if they're still living and going. Rasul sallallahu alayhi wa sallam said that Allah puts an angel to that person and says when the person sees their ranks rising because somehow the soul in the hereafter, in the world of the barzakh we call it, the barrier world, where the world of the souls, the Prophet peace be upon him says that they see their ranks rise and how do their ranks rise? One person will say, Ya Rabb, where did I get this from? And the angels will say, you have a righteous child making dua for you or istighfar for you or you have a righteous person making dua or istighfar for you. They get to see it. They get to see it. So Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala out of His mercy has made a connection still between us and them, but in a different level, in a different way. Subhanallah. You know, brothers and sisters, the thing that helps you a lot, and it helped me, is also praying to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala in the nights when it's not fard prayer, when it's not compulsory prayer. You just go down and make sajda before you go to sleep. Out of your, by, by yourself, no one around. And talk to Allah as if you are talking to a friend. Doesn't Allah know what's in your heart? Well then say it. Even though Allah knows it, don't ask the question, why should I tell it to him? He knows. No, 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 no. Allah is telling you, speak it so that you can feel it. So that you can feel your connection to me. It's all about you. And mark my words. If you've had a loved one who has passed away, it means that Allah chose you for this type of test because He knows you can, you can pass through that test. Brothers and sisters, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, He says in the Quran, Allah says, and we will surely put you through trials of different ways. Sometimes fear, a little bit of fear. Sometimes a bit of hunger for some people. Sometimes a bit of loss of wealth. Sometimes a loss of lives from around you. And sometimes a loss of fruit and vegetation for people who work in that field. Allah says, and give good news to those who are patient. Meaning the ones who hold, hold themselves together. The ones who when a calamity befalls them, they say, to Allah we belong and to Him we shall return. Allah says, these are the people whom Allah's blessings and mercy falls upon them. And these are the people who are rightly guided in life. Rightly guided in life. Because your guidance here connects to the guidance in the hereafter. Do you believe in the hereafter? If you believe in the hereafter, alhamdulillah, then connect yourself with it. If you don't believe in the hereafter, I advise you to go and 
Read from the Qur'an. You know, brothers and sisters, I think majority of... A lot of young people now, and I've seen I'm a teacher, you know that. Many of them have abandoned the Qur'an. And then they ask, why can't I feel this? You've abandoned the Qur'an, brother and sister. The Qur'an on the Day of Judgment and the Prophets on the Day of Judgment will stand up and Muhammad will come around and he'll say, وَقَالَ الرَّسُولُ يَا رَبِّ إِنَّ قَوْمِ اتَّخَذُوا هَذَا الْقُرْآنَ مَهْجُورًا And the Messenger will say, Oh my Lord, my people took this Qur'an as an abandonment. Why? It's Allah's words from above the heavens to you, to connect you to Him. Every day, 15 minutes, connect yourself with the Qur'an. Even if you don't understand the words, even if you mumble, even if it's hard for you. The Prophet ﷺ said, those who find it hard and they stutter with the Qur'an, they can't read the Arabic, they have double the reward. Double. Why double? Because Allah wants to encourage you to connect to Him through His words. Allah's words, you're talking to Him, subhanahu wa ta'ala. Wallahi, I found my solace in the Qur'an. You know, you can listen to music if you like. But music doesn't really do much. It only gives you two or three or four minutes of a bit of a euphoria. Some dopamine uh, is released. Some other neurotransmitters are released. They're just chemical reactions. And then when they're gone, you want to listen to it again. And again, and again. And then finally, that's it. You want something new. Why? Because there's nothing beyond that. There's nothing in there that really connects you to any truth except just band-aid solution. And I tried it. Tried it when I was younger. No. I never listened to the music and thought, hmm, I feel like going to the masjid now. That inspired me. That inspired me, man. My salat, my dua. No, it never happened that way. Brothers and sisters, family and friends also help you. In the beginning, look, uh, finally I want to just say this. Brothers and sisters, look. Family and support is a little bit difficult at first because you're in so much pain and you have to go through, through five steps. Every human goes through them. First of all, it's a shock, a bit of a denial. I don't believe it. I don't believe this has happened. I went through it. I was in shock. My mother was in shock. She, she didn't know what's happening. She couldn't see anything anymore. The shock stays for a little while. Then you go into this thing of negotiation, like, uh, what can I do? What can I do for them? What can I do for them? What if I did this? Then I can do that. I went through negotiation. Ya Rab, please, I'm not going to be able to have a shower until you show me my son in my dream. I want to see him in my dreams. I want to see my, my, my brother in my dreams. I'm not going to change my clothes. I'm not going to eat. I'm not going to do anything until I see them. Negotiation. For me, this was subjective. I did see a beautiful dream. And for me, that helped me. However, after that, you go through a bit of anger. But why? But why? I can't handle this anymore. And regret. If only I had done this. So I blamed myself a bit. That was the worst. Blaming myself. Because the first thing I said to my son when he passed away at that second, I said, Boba, please forgive me. I'm sorry. And that stayed for a while. But there came a moment through salat and through reading the Qur'an and connecting with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala every night. Finally, I made a decision. I made a decision that I'm not going to blame myself anymore. I'm not going to think back because 
had I had the chance to turn back time, I would have not let him go on that, uh, on that, on that uh, um, activity. If I knew he was going to die, I wouldn't. So ask yourself the question, if you've lost a loved one, can you turn back time? If you could, and you knew they were going to die at that time, would you do something? Of course you would. That is evidence not to blame yourself, that you had absolutely no control. How many times have we subjected ourselves to danger? And we could have died a million times. And that's why Allah says in the Quran, Allah keeps away lots of harm from you. You have angels at the front. You have angels that exchange roles, like in the day and the night. They, some come down, the other ones come up like a tag team. From in front of you, they protect you. And angels are behind you, and they do a tag team day and night. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, They protect you. By the will of Allah. So there are so many dangers that would have come to you, but Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is protecting you. And then when the qadr comes in, there is a reason for it. Hold on to it, brothers and sisters. If you know what qadr is, that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has pre-measured everything, and that nothing happens as if it is good, either Allah has a plan for you, or it is a test, or it is a, or suffering, suffering, or a good is going to come out of that suffering, or if it's something that you did yourself that you can learn from. This is just learning curves. These usually happen when you're on an endeavor or something like that. You learn from your mistakes and that's okay. Like a baby who learns how to walk every, each time it falls, it's just going to be able to walk and just keep going, brothers and sisters. With that pain, you can be in rehab, you can be in the hospital, you can be into mental institution if you like, and the pain won't go away. You can go on drugs and the drugs will numb it away, astaghfirullah, and will make you worse. And if a person dies this way, Allahu alam where they will end up. Or you can have the pain with you and then decide. What are you going to do in this life? What can you do? Allah has given you skills. Allah has given you knowledge. Allah has given you um, many, many, many blessings around you, brothers and sisters. The fact that, and I'll finish it with this, the fact that you are breathing right now and the fact that you lived on right now means only one thing. It means that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala still has use for you in this world. There are others around you that need you. There is something in this world that requires your presence. That without your presence it cannot happen. You are important. You have a purpose. So think of Allah that way. Ya Rabb, you've made me important. It's up to you. It's your mindset that's telling you stuff. It's all you. As for Allah, He says, I'm not negative. Think of me well, that's who I am. Ana arhamur rahimin. I am the most merciful. But you... You have, to, you have to accept it and believe in what I'm telling you. My brothers and sisters, may Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala bless you all, heal your hearts, heal your pain. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala accept your dua. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala put your loved ones who have passed away into paradise and lift their and raise their ranks. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala unite us all with them once again. Ma'al-illiyin, with people of high righteousness and piety with the angels and so on. Don't despair, my dear brothers and sisters. Allah is with you. So open your arms up for Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Like my little daughter said, Baba, I want to hug Allah. I said, okay, pray. She goes, is this why we do this? I said, yes. <laughs> hug Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Thank you for listening. My brothers and sisters, so this is a message first of all to 
converts, reverts, whatever makes you feel comfortable. Look, brothers and sisters, first of all, first and foremost, we belong to Allah. Before your parents became your parents, they belong to Allah. Before you became their child, you belong to Allah. Isn't that right? Allah is the one who willed for you to be born from those parents. He could have willed for you to be born from different parents. Yes? And as you live through this life, your bond increases with the people that you love. But Allah created them for you. Had He created you with other parents, your bond will also increase with them. Isn't that correct? Allah SWT let you experience love and connection and a bond. That's number one. The question to you is now, do you think Allah is not just or fair? Do you think Allah does not know what's inside your family's hearts, those who passed away seemingly not Muslim? Don't you think Allah knows what's in their mind, what's in their hearts? Don't you think He knows their entire life better than you and me? Yes, He does. Do you think that we are more just than Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala? Can we be more just than Allah? You remember Iblis when he said to Allah, I don't want to bow to Adam. Do you think he became a disbeliever because he didn't listen to Allah? No. Do you think he became a disbeliever because he thought he's better than Adam? No. That's not why. Do you think he disbelieved in Allah? No, no, he still believes in Allah. Iblis believes in Allah more than all of us here, the entire world. But the reason he became a disbeliever was because he said to Allah, you are making me bow to him. When I am better than him, this is not fair. In other words, O oh God, I know more than you. And what I'm saying, I think, is more fair than what you're saying. Meaning you are not just, I'm just. I'm more just than you. So Allah says to him very calmly, is this your decision? Okay, well, you're no longer allowed to be in this rank. If you don't believe Allah is just, you're just going to create chaos. He said, I'm going to whisper to everyone else the same thing. I will sit on their religion and I will say to them while they're practicing their religion, look what your God is doing to you. Brothers and sisters, remind yourself this. He is the most wisest of all wise. Do you know what Hakim means in Arabic? Hakim, not, not just wise, there's a, there's a there's a real meaning to it and that is to place everything where it deserves to belong now brothers and sisters let me ask you something do you think the prophets did not have parents or loved ones who also left who did not believe in Allah Muhammad sallallahu had his beloved uncle his beloved father he never met him his beloved mother I know some people have told you that his mother was a believer but actually the sources show us that Rasul knew his mother died a disbeliever and only Allah knows her situation. He cried. Ibrahim doesn't know his father was a disbeliever? Okay. Brothers and sisters, at the end of the day, when you go from here to the other world, you're not going to think the same way you were thinking here. All the laws and everything are so different, you cannot compare. The problem is that we are unable. It's not really a problem, it's really our nature. Because we are in this world, we can only think within the realms of this world. Our minds take us in a way that we're used to in this world. We are weak. And Allah knows, He knows that about us. 
and he takes it easy on us. Sister is saying that we don't want to say something that angers Allah or makes Allah unhappy. No, 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 no. Allah knows you better than yourself. Even if you get a little bit of out of line, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala sends you something from places you didn't see just to guide you back gently. Allah is more gentle than the mother to her own child. I'll tell you something. Once in, the, in, in one of the expeditions at the time of the Prophet they came back where they took some of the prisoners away. Some of them were Muslim and some of them were non-Muslims living among the Muslims. They took away this, this non-Muslim woman who was living among the Muslims and they saved her from one of the battles. And she was looking for her child. She's looking from one person to another. Until when she found her child, she hugged onto her child and cried and went on the floor and she said to him, my life instead of yours and I would sacrifice myself and I would never let a single thing happen to you. Rasul looked at his companions and he said, can you imagine if I told you this mother would burn her child in the fire? They said, no, ya Rasulullah, that mother could never imagine. She'll throw herself in the fire before she throws her child in the fire. He said, فَإِنَّ اللَّهَ لَا أَرْحَمُ بِالْعِبَادِ مِنْ هَذِهِ الْأُمِّ بِوَلَدِهَا Allah is more merciful to his servants than this mother is to her child. But he's also wise. He's also all-knowing. And on the day of judgment, it will not be the same as here. Everything will be revealed. Everything will be revealed. It will be revealed even to Ibrahim salam. Even he had this, you know, he lived through that. Nuh salam lived through that. He went on the ark and his son went right in front of him and says, Ya Rabbi, min ahli. Oh my Lord, my son is one of my family. Allah says, no, you don't know, he's corrupt. Please forgive me, my Lord, for what I have said. But he is a prophet. If a prophet thought that way, what about us? So don't feel guilty about those thoughts. It's fine. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala knows. But at the same time, brothers and sisters, know that he is wise and just. He's more just than us and more merciful than any of us. We don't know their circumstance. Perhaps Allah knows something about them that he'll forgive them. Perhaps. You know, there's four types of non-Muslims. The first two types will not go to hellfire. The two other types will go to hellfire. That's according to the Qur'an. The ones whom Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will not, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will not forgive on a day of judgment are the ones who knew the right, the truth, the Islam, and refused it and rejected it. Or those who heard a little bit of it and knew that it was truth, but they don't want to pursue it. The other two are the ones who never heard about Islam, and the ones who heard about Islam, but it was mumble-jumbled. All they heard about it was the bad stuff. And they said, well, why would I want this religion? Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is not going to punish these people. The people, Allah knows their situation. There are some non-Muslims who have uh, mental issues and mental illnesses. You think Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala won't deal with them justly and properly? Let me tell you, this matter, my dear brothers and sisters, leave it to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And Allah says in the Quran, أَلَيْسَ اللَّهُ بِكَافٍ عَبْدًا Isn't Allah sufficient for His servant? And we say, أَرْحَمُ الرَّحِيمِ أَرْرَحْمَانُ الرَّحِيمِ How many times in our salat? Five daily prayers. How many times we say, أَرْرَحْمَانُ الرَّحِيمِ Each rak'ah we say it four times. بِسْمِ اللَّهِ الرَّحْمَانِ الرَّحِيمِ أَلْحَمْدُ لِلَّهِ رَبِّ الْعَالَمِينَ أَرْرَحْمَانِ الرَّحِيمِ Four rak'ahs, you do the math. Five times a day, do the math. And then the sunnahs and everything. So you don't worry about that, inshaAllah. Allah will take care of those loved ones in a way that is just and fair and with His mercy. Right now, you do your best and look after the rest of your loved ones who are living and keep going forward because tawakkul, relying on Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala means whatever the outcome is, you keep going forward. And you say, Allah wills and what He has pre-measured has happened. Keep going forward and don't give up. Keep going forward. Only Allah knows what the future holds.
I just want to say, this is Sister Asma. I didn't know you were Asma. You were sitting there, Sister. I wanted to include it in I Forgot. Uh, when my tragedy happened, there is a sister in Belgium. I don't know her. But she sent me a book. And she said, this will help you. <laughs> Suddenly in my mail, <laughs> she said, what's yours? Please give me, please, 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 please. I said, all right. So I took a risk. I don't know who it was. A bomb, poison, I don't know what it was. I get these two, big, two books in my mailbox. I opened them up. Uh, uh, it's called something gift. What is it? A temporary gift. That was three years ago, sister. I read it by Sister Asma Hussein. And I want to show you how it doesn't matter how knowledgeable you are or you think you are, what you've done or what qualifications you have. We always need each other. Brothers and sisters always need each other. And I read through the entire book, all of it. And that was before I did the interview on the podcast. And I took some of that information and applied it. Do you know why? Because when you're in a time of grief, you can't think. I, you forget lots of the ayat, you forget lots of the hadith, you, for, you forget. You need someone to come and help you and remind you. So may Allah reward you, Sister Asma. You don't know how many people have benefited. And I gave it to my daughter. <laughs> Allah reward you, Jazakumullah. If you were to go back in time and you knew that if you did such a thing, that person is going to die or something's going to happen to them, would you still do that thing? No. Would you? No. If I would, it means I should blame myself. I'm quite evil. It means I want to kill people. Astaghfirullah. The way I dealt with it, sister, is I go look back in time. And I said to myself, if you knew what's going to happen right there and then, would you do everything in your power to not let it happen? I said, yes. Yes. And the fact that I'm grieving is evidence, is evidence of my, what's really in my heart. If I didn't grieve or I didn't care, it means I'm evil. Sister, what, what we should understand is that when a person is in the womb of their mother, there are four things written for them and they will not change. Some of them are a mix between our actions and Allah's intervention such as provision and rizq. The rest of them, we have no say in them. The time of your death, the time of your death, actually all of them we have a say except for time of death. You're going to end up in paradise or hellfire as part of your work and your rizq and whether, you know, how long you're going to live. So that person, when they were going to die at that time, nothing would have prevented it. They were going to die. And nothing was going to prevent it. That was their time. As for you, I want to ask you a question. Do you think that the companions of the Prophet ﷺ did not do things terrible before they became Muslim? Do you think they didn't do death and they didn't kill and all that stuff? Of course they did. But what is it that changed them? It was their repentance. Repentance, Rasul said, Whoever repents as if they have no sin. But of course they went back to the families and compensated them and looked after them. There, were, there was one companion I know that had orphans and he went and looked after them as a result of what he did. Looked after them for the rest of their life. But the point is, regret 
Rasulullah said, "Anada mutauba." Regret is repentance. The fact that you regret, it is repentance. And at the end of the day, sister, we have no power except in Allah Subhanahu wa Taala. So that time that they died was meant to be, and it's not out of, it's not within your control. And always ask yourself, if you had gone back and you could change it, would you not change it? Yes. Then that means it's not your fault. And if you still feel that, ask Allah to forgive you and move forward. And change your ways and do something in its place to replace it. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala give us strength. You can't answer all their questions. But children, they have something adults don't have. If you're there for them and you show them love, and especially with the girls, you hug them a lot. You sit down and you listen with them and anything that if you don't have an answer, just oh, hug you. You know, I love you so much. We're both going through it together. Let's go, what would you like to do? Let's go play together. Let's do this. Just they want safety. They want security because they're scared. They don't know what's going on. My older daughter, she's a bit more aware. She writes her diaries. She does her own pictures and everything. What do I do as a father? I love them. I look at them. I talk to her about them. We talk together. I listen. What's this mean? I just can't. Sometimes she'll break down. I'll, I'll just hug her and uh, say, it's okay, Boba. You can feel it. It's, it's beautiful because you love him. You love your brother. I wish I had a brother just he used to support me. I said, Boba, I know. Subhanallah. But you know what? You've got your parents. You've got everybody around. We're not going to leave you. Inshallah, we'll be back together again. And um, I always tell her, you're going, some, you're going to come out of this something different. You're going to be able to help the world in a way that others cannot. So when, when you talk to people about it, they're going to listen to you in a different way. So I talk my, my feelings as well and their feelings. So what Sister Asma is saying is basically do what you can do as a parent. Just be a parent, but be a bit more of a closer parent. Inshallah, Allah has created the resilience in children different to us, subhanAllah. Can we can pray we not to be tested? To not to be yes, of course you can. But can I tell you which dua it is? Allah taught us the dua. You want to know how it's said? It's in the last page of Surah Al-Baqarah. You read the last page? Go and look at it, inshallah. Last page, and that's a very good question. Have a look at the last page of Surah Al-Baqarah, chapter number two, last page. It says... Uh, God does not burden any person more. God does not burden any person beyond their capacity. That's number one. Whatever it earns of goodness is for her, meaning for your soul, for yourself. Anything it decides to do wrong knowingly will be against them. So your actions alone. Which means that sometimes the test comes from our own actions. Isn't that correct? If I choose not to drink water and dehydrate myself, am I not going to be tested with that? It's still a test, but it's my actions. Secondly, Allah says, Our Lord, meaning the maintainer, one who looks after us, do not hold us accountable if we make a mistake or we forget, if we falter or make a mistake. Oh, our Lord, do not put upon us tests which are beyond our ability to carry. 
pardon us from everything else. Pardon means something I did wrong, I knew it was wrong, but my Lord, just, just can you just let it go? Just let it go. But what's my excuse? I don't deserve it, just, just let it go, pardon me. وَاغْفِرْ لَنَا And cover our sins and our mistakes. وَرْحَمْنَا And have mercy upon us. So in answer to your question, sister, you can pray to Allah not to give you tests. But it is impossible to get rid of all the tests, even your own actions. Because if Allah doesn't give you a test, guess who's going to give yourself a test? You. Let me ask you, sister. You have children? Alhamdulillah. When you have children, do your children give you a hard time sometimes? So if you say, oh Allah, don't give me any tests, it means get rid of my children. You thought about that? Do you eat? Of course you eat. What if you loved the food so much and you took too much of it because you loved it? And suddenly stomachache. Oh Allah, don't test me. Get, away from the, get the food away from me. I can't eat anymore. Everything has a test, whether we like it or not. But the best dua that we can ask Allah is, Oh Allah, do not hold on our shoulders things that we cannot bear. And pardon us from everything else. So tests is a necessity. It is part of life and without it, we cannot grow, we cannot improve, we cannot have the blessings. Without test, there cannot be blessings. Without mistakes, there cannot be forgiveness. Without uh, enduring some kind of oppression or, 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 or pain, there cannot be mercy. Always remember that. You cannot have this without the other. But the only place where you can no longer have any more tests is where? Our destination, paradise. No more tests over there forever and ever. Thank you very much, brothers and sisters. Oh, one more thing. Your children, do they walk? Of course they walk. You watched them when they were babies, crawling? Did they fall down? They fell down, did they not? So they were being tested. But without falling down, they wouldn't learn a hundred different ways of how not to fall down the second time by falling down a hundred different ways. But now they're walking. And they'll be there for you, inshallah. So I think, brothers and sisters, embrace tests and, and embrace suffering. Don't run away from it. Oh, the shaitan exploiting our weakness. The fact that you asked this question means that you've given him power. Sisters, brothers, please listen carefully. The shaitan can do nothing to you. Nothing. You have to make that decision here. Let me introduce you to a power that you don't really realize. You've got willpower and decision-making. You can tell your brain, the shaitan will not overcome me. He will not. Listen to what Allah says in the Qur'an. وَقَالَ قَرِينُهُ رَبَّنَا مَا أَطْغَيْتُهُ وَلَكِنْ كَانَ فِي ضَلَالٍ بَعِيدٍ And on the day of judgment, the Qareen, your shaitan that you are born with, it's called the Qareen, will say, Oh my Lord, oh my Lord, I did not make him or her go astray, but they were just too far away. You know, they, they made themselves vulnerable. They kept giving me that power and they just listened to me. Iblis himself will make a khutbah. <laughs> and he's a sheikh, sheikh Iblis. He will make a khutbah in hellfire. Stand up and say, everyone. Because you know when someone enters prison, all right, he's going to cop it from other people. So he's entered hellfire and he says, listen everyone. And when all the matters have ended in the day of judgment, he's gone into hellfire. Everyone of the people of the hellfire, I invited you. And you listened. 
I did not force you. I did not pressure you. I did not threaten you. I had absolutely no power over you. I just whispered. And I promised you things and I lied. I promised you and I lied. So do not blame me and I won't hold anything against you. Every man to himself. Do we have, are we, have we agreed? So brothers and sisters, we need to change our mindset. We need to change our mindset and stop giving power to things that don't have that power. I promise you, Wallahi, if you try this, make a decision in your head to say, I'm no longer going to give any room for these intrusive thoughts. You have no room. Oh, here he comes again. I'm not giving you any room. Make that decision. You have a willpower, Wallahi. In the beginning, it's hard and it'll slowly go away. And then replace it with distractions, other things, inshallah. Have you ever heard of neuroplasticity? Neuroplasticity? Psychologists here? So, you know, there are channels in your brain that we block because we don't use them often. But then suddenly you read another book or you do something else or you start something you haven't ever done before and a new channel opens up. A new neurotransmission happens through those neurons. Right? You open up a new pathway. Suddenly you gain some skills you never thought you had. Gain some powers you never thought you had. And obviously say, oh Allah, assist me against my d uh, desires and do not give the shaitan any power against me. And if you do and you fall weak to the shaitan, this is what you do. You go back and say, astaghfirullah al-azim. You go back and you pray a couple of rakahs. You go and do a good deed. And finally, I'll tell you this. Mu'az, the young man, came up to the Prophet and said, Ya Rasulullah, advise me. He said, Every time you do something wrong, follow it up with a good deed, it'll wipe it away. You know, the shaitan hates that. That's why he comes back at you. Every time, just wipe it away, wipe it away, wipe it away. And know that the battle between you and him will never be over until the soul leaves your body. So always remember, you do something wrong, easy. Go and do something good. You do something wrong, go and do something good. And you always wipe it away and the shaitan will get weaker, inshallah. When is it too early to talk to your kids about death? Um, subhanAllah, your sister Asmat can help me with this as well. I'm just a dad. <laughs> you know, dads, they, they, need, they also need mothers. Uh, <clears throat> Look, what I discovered is that there's really no age. Um, I just go with the flow with my kids. I just listen and see when they're ready. I'll just put a little bit of my effort in. When they want to stop, I stop. So the idea is not about finding a time to talk to them about it, but really just monitoring them and waiting for them to give you a cue. Something that they bring up, just talk about that. My daughter, for example, she said to me when she was eight, why haven't I seen, she used to call uh, Ibrahim uh, app. When am I, why haven't I seen app in my dreams? Why doesn't he come visit me? Why did he go and visit my sister and you? Doesn't he like me? I mean, I loved him. That's what she said that to me. That came out of the blue and I wasn't ready for it. That was the time that she gave me a cue to talk to her. Otherwise, I don't bring it up. I don't bring it up. She's having fun. She's loving. I don't want to bring it up. And then when she brought it up, I said to Baba, you know your brother loves you tremendously. But maybe he hasn't had the chance yet to come and see you. Maybe he's really busy with something. So well, why would he be busy for me? I didn't know what to say, really. So I just hugged her. <laughs> Hugging always works. And she goes, 
I understand, Bobo. She understood. And obviously, look, um, sometimes they talk to each other, like my other daughter, she talks to her too. And everyone plays a part. But when it comes to the point, I don't know what to say. <laughs> I just hug, that's it. Big hugger for him. <laughs> so I used to sit down when, when the tragedy happened with my daughters. I wouldn't talk about death itself, but I would talk about the hereafter. So I used to just walk and sometimes in the car, sometimes go to the park. As we're walking, she's got a little scooter and we're just going and I'd say, can I tell you about something really beautiful about the angels in Jannah? She goes, yeah. And she was into unicorns that time. And I said to her, did you know in Jannah you can get a unicorn? Now what am I telling her? I'm getting her prepared to understand how beautiful, the, how merciful Allah is and how it's not the end. There's still so much to look forward to. Really? She said, I said, you could fly. She goes, can I have app with me? I said, yes. He'll bring, he's going to bring you the unicorn. And you know what, Baba? The angels are going to come and they're going to joke with you and smile. Because that's in the hadith. They will smile and they're going to bring you barhum app and you're going to be with him. And with, she goes, what about you? I said, I'll be with you right there. She goes, what about mum? I said, yeah, mum will be there too. What about Jaddah and Taita? I go, the entire family, Baba. Everybody will be there. And then we start talking about chocolate rivers and chocolate this and chocolate that. The point is, avoid, I avoided talking about the tragedy itself, but talking about the, the, the good things of the hereafter. And she made the connection by herself. But it's kind of positive. It makes her happy. We are laughing. Even her other sister laughed. The, um, Rayan. She also came into the picture. She said, do you know, Maryam, you know that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala look, is looking after him right now. You know that, right? And your uncle said, yeah, I saw them the other day on a cloud and there was a pool and they were jumping into it and you were there. I said, oh, Baba, that's exactly See, Allah is giving you. So that she does see things, even if it's from her subconscious mind. And you just reinforce that positivity. I think that, that was my approach, Allah. And I think, I think it's kind of working. If you're not praying five times a day, start it. But do it because you want to, because you told yourself, I'm going to start it. Offer some voluntary prayers every now and then. Start reading from the Qur'an. Start going to maybe uh, wherever you feel comfortable, in any mosque or any Islamic organization you can go to in Shell and you feel comfortable around them, go to it. Go on YouTube, listen to scholars and sheikhs who you trust, who talk about the hereafter, who connect you with the mercy of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And you know what? Remember what I said before. The fact that you are living, it means Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has use for you. It means you are honored. I want you to remember that. You are honored. But make your honor count, inshaAllah ta'ala.